0: Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Screen Facts with Jason Davis, your movie trivia and discussion podcast. Please like the Facebook page and leave your comments or questions at facebook.com slash screenfacts. You can also tweet me at Jason Davis Voice or email screenfacts at yahoo.com. Please also rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes to automatically get new episodes every Wednesday. Well, I'm happy to welcome back to the podcast my good buddy who hasn't been here in a few months, you know, the holidays, get all busy. The Blazer is back in the house. Brian Berkowitz, welcome back, sir. Thanks for having me, Jason. Always a pleasure to have you here.
1: Nothing like a good screen facts to get the year going, huh? Yeah,
0: absolutely, absolutely. And we're going to talk about a movie today that I know is one of your all-time favorites. It is. Coming to America, the great Eddie Murphy classic. Awesome. Coming to America released June 29th, 1988, directed by John Landis. Story by Eddie Murphy, screenplay by David Sheffield and Barry W. Blaustein. So, uh, of course, the movie stars Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall, James Earl Jones, John Amos, Oscar winner Cuba Gooding Jr., and Emmy-slash-SAG Award nominee Vondi Curtis-Hall make their first on-screen appearances in this film, too, by the way. Very interesting. And did you know that Sidney Portier was originally considered for the role that James Earl Jones plays? I do now. There you go. <laughs> so... Coming to America film January through February 1988, estimated budget of $39 million. It grossed $128 million in the U.S. and $289 million worldwide. It was nominated for Best Costume Design and Best Makeup at the Oscars. Now that we got all that out of the way. That's a lot to say. I know. You know, I like to get all that crap in and then we can just talk about the movie. I so,
1: understand. It's almost like we're obligated. To
0: yeah, it. you know, I want to make sure that everybody is aware of all that. So did you see this in the theaters, first off?
1: I did. I remember clear as day seeing it in the theater. I saw it in Spring Valley, New York, with a group of people, including our good mutual friend, Danny Tor. Nice.
0: Okay. You know, I, I have to give a shout out to Danny, because I had lunch with him recently, and we were talking about the podcast, and he listened to the last episode we did together for Rockstar. And he suggested that we do one for this, because he knows you know how much you pretty much know this movie by heart. I have been
1: quoting this movie with Danny nonstop,
0: <laughs> Sometimes
1: I'll just text him a line or or email <laughs> a line and nothing else needs to be said. That's a good old friend, good yeah, true friend.
0: That's awesome, especially since, you know, you guys saw the movie together. First off, we got to give it up for Eddie Murphy's brilliance in this movie, playing all those different characters.
1: And this was the first one that he did where he, where he kind of became par for the course with Eddie with, was it, The Nutty Professor and mm-hmm. playing all these other things. But this, you know... Eddie Murphy, and, and also, how about the underrated Arsenio Hall, who I thought yes. was
0: fantastic in this movie. Yep, also played multiple characters.
1: And I don't know why we haven't seen him in more movies.
0: Yeah, that's kind of weird, actually. You know, of course, he had the successful talk show after this movie. And yeah, he just kind of, what happened to him?
1: And I loved this talk show. Remember, he used to say, Sandy, roll the clip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Strive no. to be the best. Yeah, no, he <laughs> That was, big finger. He, he was fantastic on it. But yeah. anyway, those guys were were a great comedy team. Those guys, were, I believe, were very good friends in real life, mm-hmm. and they played off of each other fantastically. Yeah,
0: yeah they were great. And um, one of my favorite characters that Eddie Murphy plays in the movie is the old Jewish guy. And according to John Landis, the director, it was actually his idea to have Eddie Murphy wear the makeup and play the Jewish guy, as sort of payback for Jewish comedians wearing blackface in the early 1900s. So, See? There you go. But uh, yeah, I mean, that joke at the end of the movie, the, the soup joke. Love it.
1: So to get us between the um, Land of Zamunda and The Soup Joke are, however long this
0: movie uh, is... It's almost two hours, actually, which was, is long for a comedy.
1: They, like, I, I think if there was as many cylinders as they had to fire, they were fi- firing at all of them. And I don't think they stopped for one second in this movie. The big jokes are funny. The hidden stuff is funny. I mean, when's the last time you let your soul glow?
0: That's the greatest. We're big fans of the New Jersey Jackals baseball team. Now, you're probably going, what does that have to do with coming to America? Well, I can't wait to find out. There was a player a couple of years ago that played on the team who had sort of long hair, long curly hair. Nick Gieraputo was his name, third I like baseman. It. And his coming-to-the-plate music was the Soul Glow theme. Sung by Eddie Murphy? No, actually. Really? Eddie Murphy, there is a song in the movie when, when uh, he and Arsenio Hall go to the nightclub. When they first walk in, there's a song that's playing in the background called I Got It. That's actually sung by Eddie Murphy. That's an Eddie Murphy song. But the, the Soul Glow commercials were sung by a guy named Christopher uh, Max.
1: right. I, I got it wrong and um Nile Rodgers who I'm a big fan of also yes. right was the the producer on it or he, he was uh... he did
0: the score and what happened was he was working on that in the in the studio and at the same time he was producing this guy's album Christopher Max aka Chris McDaniels he was working on, he was producing Max's debut album and he kind of just asked him to cut a vocal for the the Soul Glow jingle and there you have it I like it I know you know this movie really well but did you watch it again before recording this
1: I watched it a few weeks ago so I was pretty fresh on it and Jason when I tell you I am not a guy you want to watch this movie with. Oh, yeah. I, I am basically sit there just verbatim saying the lines to it. I find I can do them spontaneous, but when they're coming and you know what's coming, oh, yeah. I'm spot on.
0: I was doing the same thing. I, I got to be honest. I probably haven't seen this movie as many times as you. I've seen it quite a few though. And I definitely know what's coming. You know, like for example, the royal penis is clean. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and whatever. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. So I, wanted, I made a couple of notes in my head when watching the movie. First off, and I don't know if you ever noticed this before, and I didn't. The backgrounds in Zamunda when they're uh, first off the, the palace. Yep. And when they're when he and James Earl Jones are talking and, and you know the elephant walks by and a hello babar.
1: Right. Love it. That's one of my favorite lines for it. It's very casual. Yeah. I also think that was spontaneous. I don't think that was in the script. I think I read that, that somewhere makes sense. maybe it was a director's cut or something that Eddie Murphy just dropped that on there. Yeah, Price that makes was. sense.
0: It's pretty cool. But the backgrounds look so fake. They look like matte paintings, especially the the shot of the palace. I was like, wow, you can really tell that that's a painting behind that palace and that not like a real scene. See, I
1: didn't want to look behind the curtain. Now I'm going to watch it and I'm going to see that now. I
0: never noticed that before, but it's it's pretty cool. But um, some of my favorite things are when Eddie Murphy, you know, he wakes up. What's his alarm clock? Do you remember? (laughs) No. It's the string and horn... Ensemble. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, that's big money. That's awesome, though. I mean, when I say they have their own money, yeah. they have their, they own, have their own, own money. Own money. Uh, He's a prince, and honest to God prince. You really hit the jackpot.
1: Uh, John Amos was great. In oh, that so also. Good. it's funny when you talk about the way this movie moves along. I kept thinking as I'm getting ready for this today. Uh, you know, what's great, when the first time they go into the barber shop or then when uh, the older barber that Eddie plays tells them you got to go to church, that's a good place to meet the <laughs> yeah. girls. Listen, my favorite line in this entire movie is Arsenio Hall saying, you may remember our next guest from the What's Going Down episode of That's My Mama. Jackson Heights' own Mr. Randy Watson. And, and you know, I... It was good. Uh, yeah. And I got it, good and terrible, right? I, um, I've spent a lot of time... Inappropriately saying the word sexual chocolate after oh, something totally. finishes. Oh yeah.
0: I mean, you know, that's sexual chocolate is something that I know I've said outside of watching this movie. Oh,
1: I know I've been yelled at for saying it too many times. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you just gotta drop a sexual chocolate at the end of something.
0: You have to assume most people have seen this, right? And yeah. know what that reference is. But I love the
1: what's going down episode oh, of that's god. my mama.
0: But that whole performance, first of all, Arsenio Hall is great in that scene as that as that preacher. Oh my god. Help Daniel get out the lion's den. Help
1: <laughs> Get,
0: Get off, off the, the island. island.
1: <laughs> so funny. Oh yeah, no, that, that's it's great. And then you know, I don't, even, I don't, I don't even know where to begin with it being so funny. How about this? Let's talk about uh, one of my favorite things to a line I've been known to use on vacation. Good morning, my neighbors. <laughs> fuck you. Yes, fuck you too. <laughs> I mean, who the hell gets away with that? That is.
0: You couldn't f- do that now, probably. Oh,
1: I don't even know if you could yell that outside without getting in trouble well, anymore. Well,
0: right when they get off the the play, come out of the airport, and he gets gets in front of the stands in front of the taxi cab, he goes, "Halt!" And uh, body by Jake gets out of the cab. Jake Steinfeld, right. Yeah. You dumb shit. You right? dumb fuck. Dumb fuck. <laughs> what does dumb fuck mean? <laughs> oh, oh man. So. This isn't the first time that Eddie Murphy worked with John Landis as a director. John Landis also directed Trading Places in 1983. Which makes sense. Strangely, though, there was friction between Eddie Murphy and John Landis on the set of this movie. I'm not sure why they got along for Trading Places, but not this.
1: And they got along after the fact also, right?
0: Well, Eddie Murphy said he would never work with them again after this, but eventually they buried the hatchet and John Landis directed Beverly Hills Cop 3.
1: I told you, I'll always take away that Beverly Hills Cop 3 was almost funny. Every, every time it was about to be funny, they dropped the ball.
0: <laughs> Missed it by that much. Oh,
1: every single time. We'll talk about the greatest trading places scene with the
0: Duke brothers. Oh, right? that's one of the greatest cameos, inside jokes in a movie ever. Mortimer, we're back. <laughs> I remember when I saw this movie for the first time, just thinking that was the greatest thing ever. When Akeem hands the bag full of money to Mortimer, Don Amici, and he goes, and he goes, Randolph, we're back. Rand- Randolph, we're back. That is fantastic. Oh, so good. So, you know, I want to talk about the barbershop.
1: Talking about the things Danny Tor and I like to joke about with this movie. Okay. Is uh, you ain't never met no Martin Luther the King. <laughs> Martin, <laughs> Martin Luther the Tor. King. I did too. Fuck you, fuck you, and fuck you. Who's next? <laughs> I mean, br- brilliance to the hundredth power with that. I mean there was there's nothing funnier <laughs> than that.
0: Is Mama him Clay? I'm a him Clay.
1: <laughs> Joe Lewis was 137 years old. After <laughs> Rocky Maciato. But he said, what the heck? Frank Sinatra sitting in this chair I said, Frank, you know Joe Lewis. How old is Joe Lewis? Said, Joe Lewis is 137 years old. <laughs> uh so good. So
0: every time we gotta talk about boxing, a white man gotta bring up Rocky Maciato. He whooped Joe Lewis's
1: ass. <laughs> I want to tell you something funny about this movie. There's certain things. I have been on Queens Boulevard where I've seen the Wendy's, which was the site of McDowell's. McDowell's very, very similar to McDonald's. You know yes. what the differences.
0: They have the golden arches.
1: We have the golden arc, The right? golden arcs. That's right. right. They have two old beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions. On a sesame a seed bun. bun. Our buns have no sesame seeds. That's
0: right. <laughs> so, you know what's funny? My cousin Warren, who's also done the podcast before, lived in Queens. And he I remember him telling me about that, McDowell's, about seeing that restaurant when they were filming the movie. So
1: That made me laugh so
0: much. Yeah, so... <laughs> So uh, they actually got threatened with a lawsuit. The McDonald's people saw them making that, and I guess nobody mentioned to the McDonald's organization that they were going to do this movie with this this restaurant that kind of mimicked them, and they were threatening to uh, to sue <laughs> the production.
1: They could have made an entire movie just for the going ons at McDonald's.
0: Oh, it's the greatest. And and how about that uh, the cameo from Samuel L. Jackson?
1: Disease rhinoceros just, pith.
0: That's what he calls it. Yeah, I
1: think a disease rhinoceros pith. Who the fuck pith. are
0: you? Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm going to ask you not to use this language around these people, right?
0: I got to say, when Samuel L. Jackson says fuck, it's like poetry, isn't it?
1: It's almost like if he's not saying it, why isn't
0: he? Yeah, actually. And you know what? On that note- Make sure, if you haven't already, check out the audiobook copy of Go the Fuck to Sleep.
1: On YouTube, you can hear it. It's unbelievable. (laughs) It's the greatest.
0: So, this is an interesting screen fact that I didn't know. When Prince Akeem is going to meet his queen-to-be, the choreography of all those dancers was the choreography from Michael Jackson's thriller video, Sped Up,
1: and directed by John John Landis. Landis. You see? You know, we also didn't talk about, she's your queen! (laughs) All I remember is the last line, completely free of infection. Yeah. (laughs)
0: So funny. And, and that was the other thing that I wanted to talk about in the beginning when Akeem first wakes up. We're going all over the place here. Jesus, this is gonna, people listening to this are going to get whiplash listening to this. But um, in the beginning when he first wakes up and then he, he says, you know, I was thinking, I'm 21 years old. Maybe I could wipe my own butt this time or whatever. That's ridiculous. <claps> Wipers! <laughs> yeah, they, he's, he's like, that's very funny, your highness. <laughs> Can you imagine having somebody wipe? I don't want somebody to wipe my ass. Kim
1: I assume you always had sex with your bathers. Yeah. I know I do. That's fantastic. so awesome. I was afraid we were going to sit here and just do imitations the entire time,
0: but <laughs> I guess that's, uh, you know, that's- That's all right. That's what comes with it. Zamunda.
1: Wait, what is it about Zamunda? That's not a real place, right?
0: It was actually taken from a Richard Pryor routine about a fictional African tribe. That he used to talk about in his stand-up, and then they just made it the name of the country. It's
1: fantastic. You know, it's really, if you look at the hierarchy of comedy, Yeah. you, you know, talk about Harlem Knights, Red Fox, yep. Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy. I mean, that's...
0: Well, that that movie was basically Eddie Murphy getting to work with his idols. I mean, he, he grew up, and Red Fox and Richard Pryor were the guys that he wanted to be, and, and then he gets to work with them in Harlem Knights, yeah, which is amazing.
1: Those guys were fantastic. So, uh... Trying to think what else has really made me laugh over the years. You know, I, it's one of those movies that I know so well. We're getting called to talk on it and it's like, uh oh. You know, some of the greatest lines from it. This is beautiful. What is that? Velvet? <laughs> or what do you use in your hair? I only wash my hair with berries and juices. That ain't nothing but Jerry Curl.
0: Yeah, the soul glow is is how about when the when the the three the parents and the and the grandma they get up and the big stain on the back of the sofa.
1: I've seen that in picture on Facebook a yeah. lot, right? People saying if you know what this is, yeah, don't say is anything but but share it. Yeah, actually, one time I actually wrote what it was and got and got beaten down. I didn't read the whole thing, uh- <laughs> so I quickly deleted that.
0: Yes. Uh that is very
1: funny. So there are some good parallels in this movie, right? Akeem was called by the barber Kunta Kinte. Right?
0: Kunta yeah. And the cool thing about that, it's a reference to Alex Haley's Roots, which was made into a miniseries in nineteen seventy-seven. John Amos, who plays Cleo McDowell in the movie, Lisa's father, played the adult Kunta Kinte in Roots. Madge Sinclair, who played Akeem's mother, played Kuntakinte's wife, and James Earl Jones, Akeem's father, played Played Alex Haley Jr. in Roots: The Next Generations in 1979. So yeah, there's a whole like connection to Roots too.
1: Though also, wasn't there an homage to Star Wars in this movie? Also, James Earl Jones basically, I think they said, you know, do not alert of my presence. I will handle this myself. When Cleo McDowell calls him and tells him where they are, that was basically a Darth Vader line, who was voiced by James Earl Jones. Yeah, and but James Earl Jones and um, the woman who played his wife was Madge Sinclair, right? Mm-hmm. Were the voices of the parents in The Lion King.
0: Yeah. And I thought it was kind of funny that he has that big, you know, lion sash that he wears.
1: You know, you, you wonder where the parallel is. I mean, clearly The Lion King was after this, right?
0: Oh, way after yeah, this. So, yeah. So, I
1: mean, they probably, whoever Disney was listening to was probably said, this is perfect. Let's just get him over here.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I, he's got that, listen, he's the perfect voice for, you know, everything. Yeah, <laughs>
1: exactly. I once read somewhere that James Earl Jones would like, people would ask him, hey, can you do my outgoing answer machine <laughs> message? Or um, I know he was the voice of CNN. This is CNN.
0: This is CNN.
1: And uh, he would make people give him money for charity. and He would leave their leave. Oh, their that's messages. cool. Yeah, he seems like he's awesome. How about another funny scene when they go check out the apartment in Queens? Stu! <laughs> Stu! <Stew! Stew! laughs> your are Red Stu. Does this don't, every month,
0: right? Don't give me that drunk, falling down the stairs shit. <laughs> or whatever, something like
1: that. You'll like this place. It's real shitty. <laughs>
0: I love when when you see the chalk outline and there's like the dog and the cane from the blind guy. It's a shame what they did
1: to that dog. Exactly. What's your favorite part? What do you like best in this movie?
0: One of my favorite things is definitely the barbershop stuff. You know, all the different characters. Any scene in the movie where Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall are playing multiple characters, let's put it that way. Because the scene at the Black Awareness Week 2 thing. Which is great.
1: I like so many scenes. I like when they're in the bar and they're trying to meet all the women. And you have the twins rapping. <laughs> my name is Peaches and I'm the best. All the DJs want to feel my breast. <laughs> you
0: know that one? Yes. And then there's the other twins. They say, this is the first time we've been out since the doctor separated us or something oh, like that.
1: exactly. And then Arsenio played um, one of the women that they was talking yeah, to. Yeah,
0: yeah. Arsenio is sitting next to Eddie Murphy in drag. And he says, I want to tear you apart. And then, uh, and then he goes, and your friend too. And then, it, and Arsenio as uh, Semi does the spit take.
1: I was reading something also which intrigued me about this: that they made a television show of this, right? Coming to America. Are you aware of that?
0: Yeah, I read that CBS was going to do a, a series based on the movie, and they shot a pilot with Tommy Davidson from In Living Color, who's also very funny. But the network decided not to pick it up. What is Semi's story? I couldn't figure out. Like, is I, he just friends with? I bet he's probably
1: been his childhood friend. Um, okay. Maybe a little bit of a bodyguard. remember he was training him to be able to okay. defend himself, and maybe you know, maybe just a—I uh, don't want to say a valet. I, I think I think not that they were equals, but I think that he was. Uh, I think he was just a good friend, trusted friend, and someone that could be there for him.
0: Clearly, he comes from a, a well-off background too, though.
1: Or clearly, he's just <laughs> consistently been around that family who. You know, we we think that they're best friends. You know, the father may have looked at him as a servant. We don't know.
0: He talked about like when he's scrubbing the window. He's like, I'm in bad need of a manicure. He's like, I'm doing manual labor. He's, like clearly, he he's not used to working either. You're right. So you know, he
1: might just be part of the entourage. Okay.
0: Because he's so tight with Akeem, he kind of gets the benefits of... Of, of
1: course, because, I mean, you know, we're, we're, these are, I'm assuming zillionaires, right? I mean, Well,
0: yeah, I mean, they have their own money. <laughs> His face is on the money. money. There's actually two jokes where they show Akeem's face on the money. The first one is when he flips the coin to decide whether they're going to go to New York or LA. And he goes, Head's New York. And he puts it down on the table and it's his face on the coin.
1: Also, do you remember when they're at Madison Square Garden? Yeah. I am ro- a royal subject of the kingdom of Zamunda. Yeah. Remember? Who is that? Just the man I met in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, this movie, you know, and here we are, a couple of guys, and we're talking about a romantic comedy. I mean, this is. It it is a romantic comedy, but (laughs) let's not forget in the term rom com, com
1: is a comedy, and that's funny. These guys did it. Look, we've talked before about this. Eddie Murphy when he was at his best, was the best. Yeah. For whatever reason, that's not his thing anymore. But you cannot take away the greatness of Eddie Murphy. And and this is my favorite Eddie Murphy movie. I like plenty of other ones, but this is my favorite. What are your thoughts and the screen facts with regard to
0: this movie? It's a movie that still holds up well. If somebody goes, well, what about Eddie Murphy? What movies by Eddie Murphy should I definitely check out? Without a doubt, this one. And Beverly Hills Cop. And 48 Hours.
1: Not a Vampire in Brooklyn? (laughs) (laughs) I've
0: never seen that. It might it might be a good movie, but I've heard that it is not. I don't I don't think that's possible. You know, and I haven't watched Harlem Nights in a while, but I'm sure I would enjoy that again too if I watched Great it. Great lines in that movie. Yeah. yeah, but you know, in Coming to America, one of the things I really like is the dynamic between Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall's characters.
1: He was played a good person. He was so innocent. Arsenio Hall really played the non innocent. Right. If you think about it, it was almost like the man who had everything and all the privilege was truly the nicer one, and Arsenio Hall's character semi. Who knows? You know, If he comes from royalty or money, then he's a snob. Or if he's just used to being entitled to these things, that was him. And they played off each other well.
0: The idea of royalty being that down-to-earth and wanting to just be an everyday guy... Because even before he decides to go to America to find his queen, when he's in Zamunda and he's like, I'm 21 years old. I've never tied my shoes. You know, and James Earl Jones says, I tied my own shoes once. It's a very overrated experience. I love that, that here's here's this guy who actually wants to experience what it's like just to be a regular guy. He's never had that.
1: We forgot also to sing... To be loved, to be loved, to be loved.
0: <laughs> it's Jackie Wilson song. Right,
1: but did he sing that after he had a yeah. very good night with Lisa? Yeah,
0: yeah. And everybody's telling him to shut up in right. the neighborhood. Uh, but when they first pull up into that neighborhood. The shitty
1: the for you or the
0: something? For you. There's a couple of hip hop connections in this movie too. I'm listening. So the instrumental song that's playing when uh, Prince Akeem is having his royal penis cleaned was sampled into a song called That's That Shit that was performed by Snoop Dogg and R. Kelly in 2006. And Louis Anderson's character's monologue at McDowell's when he talks about, now I'm on lettuce, and uh, I started mopping the floors, then I got moved to lettuce, soon I'll be on fries and all that.
1: And then I'll make a system manager, and that's where the big bucks that's are. That's
0: where the big bucks come in. Yeah, well, um, there's a reference to that in the Kanye West song Gold Digger. In the song, he says, he got that ambition, baby, look in his eyes. This week, he's mopping floors. Next week, it's the Fries. So so there's a Coming to America reference there. And also, the band, the South African band that played on Paul Simon's Grammy Award-winning album, Graceland, were featured during the opening credits. Well, that's the final screen fact that I have. I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode.
1: What's the final word on Coming to America?
0: Just let your yourself...
1: Screen Facts with Jason Davis is a production of Jason Davis VoiceOver. Visit jasondavisvoice.com if you need a voice for a
0: commercial, narration, promo, internet video, e-learning or training program, and more. Click on the podcast page to get information about where you can download and listen to past
1: episodes. Listen again next Wednesday for a new episode of Screen Facts with Jason Davis.